Hello, everyone, and welcome into Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys, joined by my co-host, Gene's Got Picks. Gene's, Gene, welcome back in, man. Hey, I'm glad to be back. Ready to get started here with our uh, best and worst thing that we saw from the last week. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll get started with my best thing I saw from the week, and that is the Kentucky Wildcats absolutely pounding the Florida Gators 33 to 14 and it was not even that close Kentucky dominated Ray Davis went off almost 300 yards rushing they didn't have to pass a whole lot they didn't need to pass a whole lot that was just an absolute beatdown. awesome to see Kentucky come out firing finally on offense Still, the passing game's not where it needs to be, but you didn't need the passing game last week with Ray Davis the way he was running. He was breaking them left and right, and Florida had no answer for it. Awesome to see. That is my best of the week. Yeah, I I have to agree with you on that being one of the best things uh, this past week because, um, you know, outside of maybe like Caleb Williams and, you know, a few other quarterbacks uh, that's in the run for the Heisman, Ray Davis, uh, that game against Florida, that's, to me, solidified at least him into the top four rankings because um, I don't think we've seen anybody have a game like that yet in college football. Like you said, he almost had 300 yards. Um, he basically had all of the yards for uh, Kentucky. It was a, not necessarily a one-man show because the big boys up front had to get the holes open for him. But um, – you know, Ray Davis is a guy. Like he might, he might actually uh, have some talks to be a, a high, higher draft pick. I don't know what his um, draft ranking was was looking like, but to to have a performance like that against Florida, you know, and and we was talking about how you know Florida offense not really that great, and I, I, we both felt like Kentucky off, had the better offense. Um, what it came down to is Florida didn't have a Ray Davis. No. <laughs> they had an ETN, but he got 29 yards, but he was no Ray Davis on that day. Ray Davis, like I said, they took him out. He had 280 yards, took him out, and then they brought in the backup. Uh, it's a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> He's from North Carolina State. He bust out a 28-yard run, and, you know, if they kept Davis in, that could have been Davis. He could have went over 300 easily. And after the game was over, uh, he took he gave the big blue wall credit. The guys up front, uh, you know, a humble kid. Good to see it. Like you said, he's in that Heisman conversation now, and so glad he's on the Kentucky team. And after a while, we'll talk a little bit about a big game tonight, which Ray Davis could come in to play once again tonight. But uh, Gene, if you want to, you go ahead with your best or your worst of this past week. <clears throat> Um, I would go with my worst because it was uh, not too – maybe two days ago. Uh, Dal- uh, we was talking about NBA last time, and um, uh, you know, I was like, you know, it's preseason. Let me just watch my uh, Dallas Mavericks play there in Dubai. The Mavs-Dubai uh, game was um, pretty bad as the lead uh, slowly kept creeping up for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We was looking uh, very small out there. Um, I think – at the end of the first quarter, it was like 37 to like 15. Like it was a terrible start for my Dallas Mavericks. But um, 
I'm hoping the season doesn't uh, keep going with that because, man, we did look very small. And I know a lot of teams are not going to have uh, Rudy Gobert and Cat, two guys that are about seven feet tall, seven foot tall, um, playing the center and power forward. But um, it did not look good for us that first preseason game at all. So did uh, did Kyrie and Luca and all them guys? Did they play in this game? That's the funny thing. We played all our guys. They sat out uh, Anthony Edwards. So you know, that was a, it was a uh, bad look. Cook up with uh, Rudy Gobert. Well, you know, it's you know, it's kind of you know, it shows what kind of a week you've had when. You, the worst thing you saw was a preseason basketball game. I mean, because look, my man had some pretty good things coming on this last week, and and we'll get to it here in a second for your for your best of the week. But uh, yeah, you know, I didn't see any of that. But uh, I didn't know they was playing in Dubai. But uh, yeah, that's like you said, that's not a good look when you're when your guys are out there playing against their guys without. Anthony Edwards and and not looking good, you know maybe they can get it turned around just early preseason, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Yes, sir. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go to my worst of the week, and of course it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals going to Nashville and leaving their offense back in Cincinnati. Just an absolute beatdown, twenty-four to three at halftime. Uh, Tennessee could do no wrong. Ryan Tannehill looked like he did a couple of years ago. Derrick Henry looked like the old Derrick Henry. D Hop looked like the old D Hop, and they were just, you know, looked like Tennessee when they got that number one seed a couple of years ago and was just, you know, firing on all cylinders. The Bengals had no answer for them. Every time they had an answer, the Bengals ended up with a stupid defensive penalty and could not get off the field. Then the offense, Joe Burrow's calf, I guess, is hurting them more than it's helping them because he is just not mobile in the pocket. He just stands there and he's a standing target. And that's not the Joe Burrow. He was sacked three times, 26 yards, and he was hit quite a bit more. He was 20 of 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Joe Mixon got 67 yards on the ground, but they just couldn't get things going. T. Higgins left the game with – hurt ribs he may be questionable for Sunday but just an all-around awful performance by a team that has got the talent but just has not put it together yet through the first four games of the season and it's just frustrating to see that is my worst of the week the Bengals yeah I could I could see how um you know the vibes are pretty low right now for the Cincinnati Bengals um because at first you the thought was you know, you play Joe Barrow. He's even with a bum leg. He's a lot better than what you may have at the second strong spot. But now, now that the you know everything has played out, it's probably looking like it was going. It would be best that he sat out those games. Um, because I, I mean, like you said, it's not the same Joe Barrow there. They're also playing them different. They're because when I was watching, they're they're sending a lot more pressure. It's like you know, it's obvious news that he is not a hundred percent with the calf, and um, defensive coordinators are taking advantage. It seems like when they're playing the Bengals to send as much pressure as you can get away with, 
Um, because I mean, it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the Bengals' O line was also, you know, always been questionable since Joe Burrow's been uh, the quarterback there. So it, yeah. it's not looking good right now for Cincinnati. I will say that. If there's anybody that I do have faith to turn it around, it is Joe Burrow. And, in fact, I'm rooting for him this Sunday. I think they can get the job done against the Cardinals. It's kind of a must-win. You know, it, it's hard. To, it's it's kind of sad to say that against the Cardinals. But the Cardinals have been playing everybody tough. But uh, this week is a must-win. I feel like if you can't get this game with Joe Burrow and he's still looking very – um you know, stagnant, can't really move out the pocket, it's probably best to just sit him for however many games you need to because Joe, like, you know, Joe Burrow already signed this this long contract for a lot of money. You know, you don't want to have him lose his confidence in a season that may, you know, I won't necessarily write the season off yet, but it's not going great. You know, you don't want to also – put the cherry on top that Joe Burrow is going to be out for anything extra uh, other than a calf. He stated earlier in the week that he is now at 100%, but time will tell. You I won't see, won't believe it until you see it out on the field because he stated that a couple weeks ago he was feeling pretty good and get out on the field last week and it's not showing. Two weeks ago they were 0-2 going to play the Rams and that was a must win for the season right there. You didn't want to start 0-3. Well, you got that win. Like you said, it's hard It's hard to say that this game coming up against the Arizona Cardinals is going to be a must win, but it is a must win. Arizona's not going to lay down for you. They have not laid down for anybody this season. They've played everybody tough. It's going to be a tough matchup, you know, even though you, they're the more talented team, but it is a must, absolute have-to-win game for the Bengals in order to, if they want to do anything this season, They've got to win this game Monday night or Sunday afternoon. I I was thinking the Monday night game with the Rams a couple weeks ago. So that's my worst. Gene, I know you could go a few different directions here on your best because it's been a great week to be a fan in Texas. Gene, what is your best of the week? Well, I got to give the boys a shout out because uh, I think they did what nobody expected. Um, Unless maybe you're, you know, a diehard Texas Rangers fan. Sweeping the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, you know, uh, having to see Glass now that first game, I was I was like, you know what? If we lose this one, it's not the end of the world. You know, we're seeing their best pitcher. Probably, the, to me, if we're being honest, the best pitcher between the two teams in the whole series. Um and Glassnow really didn't have a bad game. They were just having a bunch of errors, and um, they couldn't hit the ball at all. They couldn't. Well, they they were getting guys in scoring positions, but they kept stalling out. So um, my Texas Rangers right now, everybody here that supports the Rangers are are on uh, cloud nine right now. We uh, we haven't had baseball in October in so long, and it's it's great to be here. Oh, absolutely. The Tampa Bay Rays were almost 100-game winners this year, Look, looking like the best team for the first part to the Orioles, you know, come on and, and surpassed them. But 
for the Rangers to go out and shut them out, like you said, four errors for Tampa Bay that first game. And then to come back the second game the next day and the Rangers just put a beat, in, put a beat down on them seven to one and just to sweep them out at their place. Now, there wasn't hardly anybody at their place, but still <laughs> the Rangers had to go on the road regardless and took care of business. Rangers will move on now to the divisional series against the Baltimore Orioles starting today. How you feel about that series right there, Gene? It's going to be uh, – I don't think we're sweeping these boys. These uh, Baltimore Orioles, um, they get after it. I mean, their lineup kind of reminds me of the Rangers. You look through and then you're like, where do you get the outs? Um, one through nine, you know, every guy can uh, put the ball into the stands. So, um, you know, it, the thing I will say, their pitching, at least their starting pitching, is not as scary – as a team maybe like the Astros or even like the Twins. Um, I think we can get at their pitchers. The pitching, the, the one thing that separates um, the Rangers and Baltimore, they have a way better bullpen. Um, you know, if I'll be honest with you, I don't even know who's really our closer. You can pull Jose LeClerc, but, um, you know, at times in the season, he was also uh, – uh, struggling to find the strike zone. So, uh, and then Chapman, I mean, I forgot what game it was. I know for sure Houston, uh, they got after him. Uh, but it was, a, it was a, I want to say it was against Seattle, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, it was against Seattle, that uh, that last series to clinch uh, into getting the, uh, the whole division. Uh, Chapman walked like three batters in a row. So, you know, and those are our two guys that I would say throw in the ninth inning. Um, so, you know, situations like that, uh, it's going to be a very, it's very much going to be a fight to figure out who is our closer and um, and will the bats come alive. But uh, honestly, just happy to have playoff baseball. Absolutely. It should be a good round coming up here, uh, you know, on the National League side, you got two NL East teams. You got the Phillies and the Braves. You know that's going to be a great series. Yeah, and then a- you got the yeah, then you got the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. So teams that are really familiar with each other, they've seen each other several times. You know, if you're the Braves and you're the Dodgers, you didn't probably didn't want to see an in division rival this early in the playoffs. But there it is. We'll see how it goes for that. That'll be the uh, MLB update of the week <laughs> so uh switching back you also had a pretty good week in the nfl with your dallas cowboys getting back on track and putting a beat down on the new england patriots how was that win for you um it was great um but i'm not gonna put a lot of stock into this one because this is probably one of the worst teams uh Bill Belichick has ever had to coach. Um, Mac Jones, I, you know, Mac Jones looks he, – that game, he looked terrible. He was throwing the ball across the field, you know, and his his pocket awareness. I understand that, you know, Dallas um, – I, I would say Dallas has a fairly, uh, uh, you know, respect, respectable defensive line around the league. I, I 
I think a lot of people know that Marcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, they, you know, those guys bring it every time they're out there. But uh, Mac Jones look like a deer in headlights out there. Um, yeah, I, I want to say, you know, this kind of put us back in the right direction. But it's the game this Sunday against uh, – actually Sunday night. It's the 49ers that, um, you know, I'm going to put a lot of stock into. Because, like I said, with Bill Belichick, you know, this is probably one of his worst teams that he's had to coach in his career. I think it was actually his worst loss in his career. Um, yes. So, yeah. It, and we didn't, it was another game where the offense is like, you know, it was kind of nothing to really say he was impressed with. Um, other than, you know, we did move the ball down the field, but the red zone was still kind of fishy sometimes on uh, deciding where we want to go with the ball. But a uh, great win. You know, still happy for the win, but um, I know it's still a lot, a lot to uh, be seen with these Cowboys. Yeah, it was a good bounce-back win after falling to Arizona. You had to get this win, but uh, just to put an absolute beat down on the New England Patriots, like you said, Belichick's probably worst team. Uh, Belichick really has not been the same. The Patriots have not been the same since Tom Brady left. Uh, people saying that Bill Belichick might be on the hot seat. I mean, he won you six Super Bowls, but what has he done for you lately? And we all know that the NFL is a, a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league and he has not done anything lately since uh, Tom Brady has left. And Mac Jones, like you said, looked lost out there. It didn't help last year that Bill Belichick's offensive coordinators was a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach. That's not going to help your quarterback learn a playbook or anything like that. But uh, just a dominating win for the Cowboys. And as you said, this Sunday night is going to be a very tough matchup, and you'll be able to tell – what kind of team the Cowboys are going up against what I think is the best team in the NFL right now from top to bottom roster-wise in the San Francisco 49ers. They have dominated everybody, and we'll just see how that goes Sunday. And it's it's in San Fran at nighttime. We'll be able to tell a lot about both of these teams after that game right there. Excited to see that one. Yeah, I will have to agree with you on uh, the 49ers being – the best team in the league right now. From like you said, from from you know Brock Purdy, I won't necessarily just say he's maybe a top five quarterback, but uh, he's surely not hurting them. And then you do have a, a for sure top three running back in the league with Christian McCaffrey. You have Debo, Brandon Ayuk. You know, and then you know the defense. You know, you really, oh yeah, I can't forget. Him. He's actually been quiet though, and that's just kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I remember last year in the playoff, he basically put the dagger in our heart uh, when he broke the tackles and uh, got all the way down in the red zone for them. So I'm not saying I'm expecting a uh, a, a big Kittle game, but um, you know, I wouldn't He's be bound surprised. to break out. Yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about your Texas Longhorns and they had a tough matchup against Kansas and they handled business there 40 to 14 beat down the week before we was kind of talking like maybe they would have a tough go around with Baylor and they beat them down well this Saturday 
It's the Red River Red River Rivalry. Texas, oh, yeah. Oklahoma. Last year Texas beat Oklahoma down forty nine to nothing. I don't think it's gonna be like that this year. I think Texas will get the win. How are you feeling about this one, Gene? Um this is a uh, this is another test, like uh, like we was talking about the last topic. Um you know Quinn Ewers is having a great year. Um, and our running game is also has, has been pretty great as well. It's now time to see a team that is not only just great, you know, from the get-go, but there's bad blood. And um, anytime, you know, a team that has, you know, history, like it's, it's not, you know, just some – it's not just some game this week when you play uh, OU. You know, this is a game where uh, a lot of people have played before you, and there's a lot of blood, sweat, sweat and tears at that Cotton Bowl between these uh, two teams. And um, you're not only playing, you know, for yourself and, you know, for, you know, scholarships and money and all that, you know, NIL deals, but you're playing for the history behind being a Texas Longhorn or the history behind being an Oklahoma Sooner. Um, I, I feel like Texas do win this game, but I also think it comes down to who has the ball last. Uh, like you said, it was 49-0 um, last year. I say it's going to still be a high-scoring game, like maybe you know, 40, 42-45 or something like that. I don't think either of these defense – Defenses are, are going to stop one another. Um, I think it comes down to who has the ball last. And um, and also the running game. I think whoever can keep the, you know, keep the ball, uh, keep the possession, you know, time possession on their side, uh, definitely has a better chance of winning this game because it's going to be fireworks. Uh, it's going to be points. And uh, you want to make sure that your defense is off the field, you know, at least um, more than the other team. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. Yeah, me too. Texas is a five-point favorite. I think it'll be, like you said, probably a field goal game in here and definitely taking the over. I'm not sure what the over-under is, but definitely probably take the over on this. Uh, I think it's 60-and-a-half maybe is what I seen earlier, but – uh, so and then that that is probably the biggest game of the day. But what is probably the second biggest game of the day is a top twenty matchup. The Kentucky Wildcats, as I mentioned earlier, is my best of the week. Travel down to Georgia to face the Georgia Bulldogs in a night game. This game, Georgia is a fourteen and a half point favorite, but Georgia has not covered all season long. They've won every game. Last week, they struggled against uh, Auburn and was actually down or it was actually tied in the fourth quarter, Auburn did, and Georgia ended up scoring a touchdown at the end to win the game uh, with like two minutes left. But Georgia, I don't think, is the same Georgia as it has been the last couple of years. Last season, Georgia beat Kentucky at Kentucky 16-6. to uh, This year, you know, we'll see. Georgia does give up a lot of rushing yards. Auburn ran for over 250 rushing yards against them. And with Ray Davis, if we can get him going, 
I feel pretty good about the chances. I don't, I don't know if I think that they'll win, but they can play them close. And if you play them close into the fourth quarter, you've got a chance like anybody else. What do you think about this matchup, Gene? Um, I think you're being nice. I think Kentucky very much so can win this game outright. The reasoning I uh, think that they can win this game outright is because the boys up front, this Georgia team, you know, they, they, they're used to just being physically, you know, stronger than everybody they have to come across, even leading up into the um, championship game. But um, this Kentucky team, like you said, they, they can run the ball. They can get those big boys moving, pulling across the field, and uh, they're laying some wood. And uh, I do think, you know, to play it safe, if you if you used to bet this game or anything, like take the points. But um, I, I honestly think uh, this Kentucky team is um, – I think a lot of – well, you know, you know out, the outside – Outsiders like me from Texas, I think a lot of us slept on this Kentucky team, um, what they had cooking up. This this team definitely, um, I think, can impo- impose their will. Now, what I will say, you know, will kind of be questionable is how would they respond? How would their defense respond? Because, uh, you know, Georgia still got guys like Brock Bowers, who is just, you know, a monster out there. But um, I I think the offense can go bar for bar with uh, Georgia. They they have been to me uh, a pretty much a letdown team this year. Like I said, they haven't covered a single game, and um, we know we you know how Georgia spread would usually be you know about a twenty, probably average around like twenty some points a game that they have to uh, cover, and they have they have just not been that this year. They've been playing everybody close. You know, I, I think uh, Kentucky can can get this done today, actually. Yeah, that, that's what worries me most is Brock Bowers on the other side. That guy is a monster. He's going to be a first-round pick, and he's going to be starting in the NFL next season for tight end. But Carson Beck is not uh, Stetson Bennett. I had to think of his name there. Stetson Bennett, two-time national champion. That's a step down. They lost that. Georgia's not the same on defense. Kentucky, like I said, they've got a shot. They just got to go out, and if they can come out and they can punch Georgia in the mouth right off the bat and just keep at them, they'll have a good shot of it. I think that they can cover that spread. I may even have put a little bit of money down for Kentucky money line last week after the Florida game because I might have got a little excited on that. But hopefully they'll go out and they'll do it. We'll have to wait and see. Real excited for tonight's game. Excited to watch the Red River rivalry. Uh, last, so speaking of you know, gambling was just legal in Kentucky this past Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first weekend, pretty good weekend. Uh, did you watch any of the Kansas City New York game on Sunday? Because of course, you know Taylor Swift was in the house once again, and why else would we tune into a football game but to see Taylor Swift out there to watch? Travis Kelsey and Chiefs play. Did you check that game out any? Yeah, I looked at it uh, for a little bit. Uh, I was, you know, uh, coming back from a Cowboys game. And, um, you know, the the Chiefs, I mean, man, I, I'll cut them some slack because, you know, when you go to Super Bowl, you're playing 
you know, you have a way shorter off season than everybody, so you can't, you know, maybe recover as well as, you know, a team that uh, you know, you know, finished playing football in December. But um Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's he's been struggling in these games and uh you know, you're turning over the ball. That wasn't something that was common for him, so I'm hoping he get that figured out. But I was impressed with Zach Wilson. Um, he did, you know, turn over the ball as well to kind of cost the game. But, yep. um, it, you know, and, you know, seeing the sw- Taylor Swift, I mean, who who wouldn't have checked into that game knowing that I'm going to see Taylor Swift maybe 80 times, <laughs> even if uh, Travis Kelsey doesn't score. We're going to put the camera on Taylor Swift to see how she's celebrating. You know, it was a great game, though, uh, all the way through. Uh, I don't know. You Talking about gambling, you know, I do uh, remember my home sliding to uh, mess yes. over the that is, uh, that's criminal. That is criminal right there. Yeah, Chiefs nine and a half point spread. Uh, they're up three, and Mahomes just takes a slide at the two yard line, which would have put the over uh, on the you know Chiefs covering the spread if he'd have done that. <laughs> you know, kind of bad for some people. I did not have that one, but so that one didn't bother me as bad. But um, Zach Wilson played his best the other day. He fumbled that snap, of course, but. The call of holding on Sauce Gardner to give the Chiefs automatic first down on third down was questionable at best in that game. And Robert Sala on the sideline looked like he was going to explode. <laughs> and I didn't blame him after seeing that. But, uh, you know, great game. You know, for a Sunday night game without Aaron Rodgers, you, you know, NBC and them had to think, you know, oh, man, we're getting Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers. They probably never thought that that game would have been the way it was, and they were probably banking on Taylor Swift to get these ratings and everything. But Zach Wilson actually went out and played probably his best game of his career Sunday in a loss. Yeah, that's what sucks, too. Like, you play your best game and it's still not enough. But uh, one positive thing I will say, a lot of of his teammates, you know, pat him on the back and let him know, you know, it's okay, you know. I feel like if this was last year, um, they was his teammates just beefing with him. They just did not click. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for them to kind of for Zach Wilson to now kind of be babyface, and you know, I think the locker room somewhat supports him because they they have no choice this year. Um, you know, I I think they won't necessarily probably make the playoffs, but um. I can see them at least, at least, you know, getting a few wins with uh with Zach Wilson and him showing that if he's not maybe ready this year to play quarterback, if he can get a full year behind Aaron Rodgers and really just watch, you know, one of the one of the great one of the greats, you know, play the game in front of him and break it down and and you know all the film session and get all that right. Uh, he might can get because he has all the intangibles. He has all the skills to be a great quarterback. It's just it it can never you know come together when he needs it. But um, you know I I think the Jets is gonna have a pretty uh enjoyable season if you're a fan. You know I think they I think I think games are still gonna be uh, something to look forward to even with Rodgers out this year. 
Yeah, they got a chance to uh, get in the win column this Sunday against Denver. So switching over to one of our topics we've had for the last few weeks, and it is Coach Prime in Colorado. Did not get embarrassed last week. Almost came back and almost won that game. Was very respectable against USC without Travis Hunter again. Uh, and after just taking a beatdown against Oregon, for them to come back and to be competitive, not in the first half, but in the second half, and almost pull off the upset of USC, very impressive. What did you think about that game last week, Gene? Um, I was watching the um, – I was watching the first half, and I was like, man, you know, Colorado, they're, they're not necessarily playing bad, but they could they kept putting their foot in their mouth, making, you know, stupid penalties or, uh, you know, get, getting caught, you know, maybe looking at the quarterback and, and letting the receiver get wide open or just simply not tackling the guy. You know, I, I don't know how you get all the way to Division one football and you're, you're struggling to tackle a guy that's right in your face. I know it's, you know, easy to, for me to watch through a TV screen, but, you know, you, with NIL money now being a thing, these guys are semi-professional, to say the least. Um, I at least expect you to make a tackle on a guy when he's right there by you. But um, after the first half, uh, you know, that, that often started clicking a little bit better, and, um like you said, they, they tried to make a run for it. Um, I feel like if they maybe had another quarter, maybe they could have got the win. <laughs> but um, they, they still have a long way to go. Just, I, I say the more disappointing thing for that game was how bad USC defense is. Because we know Colorado's not making the playoffs. They, they're not even going to probably get a you know a great bowl game. Just making a bowl game would be a success for them. But um, – this USC defense is probably one of the worst defenses I've ever seen on a good team. Um, they like they if you can't stop Colorado after you basically you know did every, you know offense did everything that that they could do putting up the points for you. That game shouldn't have been that close. Uh, you know. I, I, what USC is going to do as far as the defensive coordinator, but um, I'm sure there's been, there's been a lot of meetings between the head, between Lincoln Riley and his defensive coordinator because that's that's kind of a joke for Oregon to you know put their foot on on the uh, Colorado neck and don't even really let them score a touchdown till it's literally garbage time, and mm-hmm. then uh, Colorado basically guess I've almost fight their way back for a win uh, against USC. That's not a good look. Yeah, and USC, I mean, it's a good thing they've got Caleb Williams because if not, they, they probably would have lost that game last week, you know, like you said, due to their defense. We'll just see how that goes. But uh, Colorado today uh, face Arizona State. Good chance to get back in the win column for Colorado today. Be interesting to see. Uh, like you said, they're, they're three and two. They're probably they're not making the playoff, of course. Not even going to make a good bowl at this point. It'd be, you know, just good just to get three more wins and get a bowl, get going, come back next year, and we'll see how they do in the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually going to be uh, pretty exciting to see because Big Twelve is all about offense, and uh, I think that that helps out um, 
Shador with his game, and uh, that helps out the defense as well because, uh, you know, Pac-12 stayed together. I mean, them boys played defense out there. Oregon was hitting them boys in the mouth Mm. and uh, was not asking questions. But, um, you know, if Colorado makes a Bahama Bowl, you know, that's still a success. Yeah, I mean – They've already tripled their win total from last year. Getting to a bowl would be huge this season. And then, like I said, just get them started for next year and see where they go from there. Well, man, do you have anything else you'd like to discuss here? Nah, we've got a, a full slate of uh, sports, you know, whatever you like, baseball, football. Uh, you know, it's all here. I think it's actually another preseason game with uh, – the Warriors versus the Lakers, and I doubt LeBron is playing. But uh, I'm sure, if you like, if you're a, a basketball uh, lover, you know it's something for you to watch. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting ramped up to where we're gonna have all of them going at once here: regular season, postseason, and uh, regular season NBA coming up soon. So, uh, well, man, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll be back here next week to. See how our weeks went. You had a pretty good week last week. Let's see if it'll continue, and maybe my teams will do the same for me this week. We'll see. Yes, sir. Can't wait for this Kentucky game. Oh, yeah. And then we got the Red River rivalry coming up, if I could say it right. I mean, that's really tongue twister. Every yeah, time I, mean, I say it. It was a Red River shootout, and they just decided to change it. Yeah, it's like, can we just keep the shootout? Because, I mean, it's not as much of a tongue twister. I could say Red River shootout, but Red River rivalry, I mean, it's <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, man, we'll see you. Yay!